With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. Football season's here. No better place to get in on the action. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props. A lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. Peyton Manning will be joining us. The great Peyton Manning, the five-time NFL MVP, the two-time Super Bowl winner. He's got Omaha Productions now. He's a legend. He's an icon. And he's joining us on the volume. First, though, you know, I've always thought it's interesting. A long time ago, somebody was asking me about social media. And I said, it's too often a place where less successful people go to tell more successful people how to do things. Jim Harbaugh is really successful. I don't know. In his entire life, smart kids, beautiful wife, played in the NFL, San Diego won, Stanford won, Super Bowl in the NFL, Michigan won. He's been successful at every venture in his life. Dad, husband, player, coach, college pro. Nick Saban embarrassed himself in the NFL. Steve Spurrier, Urban Meyer were disasters in the NFL. Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, and Jim Harbaugh won in both leagues. So Michigan is rated fourth in the latest Associated Press poll. But please, less successful people, tell me what a dolt Jim Harbaugh is. It's amazing how people can seriously criticize Harbaugh, whose coaching career borders on unrivaled. Folks, 90% of college coaches get fired. Harbaugh is three for three. San Diego, 
Stanford, Michigan. Michigan's averaged 10 wins since he arrived. Take out the COVID season. That's a train wreck for everybody. They're in the top four. He just beat Ohio State. And Michigan's not an easy school. They don't accept every recruit. It's harder to get some kids into Michigan. It's an elite school, elite law school, elite medical school. This is not a place where you can get anybody in. It's harder to win at Michigan. It's a great school. So, you know, I just I laugh at all these critics of Jim Harbaugh. Where has he failed ever? Ever. Show it to me. You don't have to like him. Like, you don't have to like Brian Kelly. But folks, if you do something and you succeed in multiple places, Bill Parcells turned around four different pro football teams. He's good at what he's done. Like, where has Harbaugh ever failed? I mean, even the people who love Saban would have to acknowledge the NFL was a bit of a shit show for him. I mean, a lot of stories that he couldn't get along with players. Nobody could look him in the eye. And I like I like Nick Saban a lot, but he was a little too rigid, a little too pro system over player. Harbaugh took a disaster with the 49ers, got him to a Super Bowl left, and they were a disaster 45 minutes later. So when I look at Michigan, they're not in Georgia's class or Alabama's class. And most years, they're not as good as Ohio State. But Ohio State's probably right now the third best program in America. Some would argue second. There's 130 programs. If Michigan is between 5 and 20, and you know they are, he's done a great job at Michigan. By the way, never been busted for any recruiting scandal. So he does things right. It takes him a little longer. He's not going to roll the dice on some of these recruits. And a lot of the Michigan boosters, this is a very refined university. A lot of these Southern schools, they'll just get into bidding wars for a high school football player. Michigan's a little different. Their boosters, it's not going to be a cash grab to buy high schoolers. They're not going to do it. I respect that. But God, the constant negativity around Jim Harbaugh. Look in the mirror. Good God, if, if most people in America could be just as successful as he was in his first job at San Diego, that would be an incredible coaching career. If you turn around one program, you turn around three and got to a Super Bowl and the Niners tanked when he left. I'll, I'll never get it. The, you know, people complain that the media has agendas. And I think fans are often right that the media has agendas. But fans have agendas, too. If you don't get what Harbaugh's done in his career, you've got an agenda. The only program in America that can kind of look down on him is Ohio State because they play him every year and they've dominated that series. Well, Ohio State historically is a better football program. Not always better, not every year better. But Ohio State is the one northern school in America that feels like a southern dedicated, focused, committed, wealthy football program. I've said that for years. Ohio State feels like if you put them in the SEC, they'd fit right in. Socially, academically, athletically, commitment, they'd fit right in. Michigan feels like a northern academic football power. They should be proud. It's a great school. I wish I would have gone there. But I mean, look yourself in the mirror if you're still banging on the media that has agendas and you're criticizing Jim Harbaugh. 
It's a layup, folks. That's an easy one. He's really good at what he does. He's different. He's unique. He's outspoken. You don't have to love what he's doing, but not everybody loves what Dabo Sweeney says. Not everybody loves how Saban acts. Peyton Manning's a pro and college football Hall of Famer, two Super Bowls, five MVPs, co-host of the Manning cast on ESPN2 with his brother Eli, host of the Capital One College Bowl. Season two of the Capital One College Bowl kicks off back-to-back episodes Friday, September 9th, 8 Eastern Pacific on NBC. The one and only Peyton Manning joins us. So um, through the years, I've I've had discussions about you with uh, people I consider friends, Bill Polian, um, it, you know, just different coaches that have known you, um, Eli Cooper, and you know, I, 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 I've said one of the things I like about Peyton is that um, Peyton really wins the game before the game. He's a prep monster. He's he, he likes his control. He likes his prep. A lot of guys are in my business. I'm I'm. Uh, a prep guy. Not everybody is. That's fine. I like control. I like to take the audience somewhere. In my early career, there were times, Peyton, that I thought I overprepared and became paralyzed by my notes. And I, I'm sure somebody has asked you this before, but people like you who like control and live for prep, was there ever a moment, maybe it was Denver, where you thought, kind of got it down. I kind of get the rhythm. I'm going to go out tonight with my wife on Thursday. <laughs> Take me through that process because I think it's pretty well documented. You are you changed the game intellectually. You kind of made everybody else prep longer. Was it always that way to the end? No. Um, I definitely adjusted, Colin. I got to Denver for probably two reasons. One, um, just coming off that injury, I had a whole year to kind of reflect and do a little self-analysis of uh, kind of my whole routine when it came to football. The, the, the rehab took so much time. And so obviously I wasn't watching a ton of film during that time while I was rehabbing. Right. And in the same year, I missed the entire season due to injury. Uh, um, Ashley and I had twins. So uh, that, that completely changed everything for me. Uh, it was a big reason for us kind of waiting to have kids was, was because I, I knew that I was all in on football. You know, I hear guys saying they don't take it home with them. I think you have to take it home with you as a quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. staying up till 12, 30, one o'clock in the morning studying film because I got to get that Dolphins Patriots game watched because we're playing <laughs> the Patriots this week. And I, you know, I have to get it watched. It's Tuesday night. If I don't get that watched, I'm behind. And that, that's how I, that's kind of how I rolled. Once I had kids coming home uh, after practice, especially those four years in Denver, it's a it's a completely different deal. And um, I was all in on being a dad, still preparing and studying film. And don't, uh, don't get me wrong, but just being a little more organized with my time, maybe on my off days, on Tuesdays, the things that I was doing. And so uh, those four years in Denver um, were so much fun because I learned that you can you can be a dad and you can wrestle on the floor with your kids and still actually be a pretty good quarterback. So uh, um, I guess I wish I would have known that earlier. <laughs> well, I, I have uh, 
uh, a, a son and a daughter, they're totally different. Uh, my daughter's all about the journey. My son is kind of driven about the destination. He's talking about college when he was like 11 years old. And my daughter wants to kind of live and let live. So you and Eli are different personalities. Cooper, different personality. But what quality do you have from your dad? I mean, I know I know your dad. Uh, really a genuinely decent soul. Good sense of humor. Obviously, you're all bright and really witty. But if I said to you, okay, what did you take from your dad? What What's the sauce? Yeah, I mean, my dad was a write things down list guy always. I mean, these are my post-it notes that I have in my pocket right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> eight different post-it notes, right? So I, I took that from my dad. Uh, he was a he was a list guy. He was a to-do list uh, for the week, a call list. Now, uh, once we taught my dad to text. Watch out, world. My dad will text everybody. He will check in on people that are not feeling well, that somebody whose grandson had a high school game. You know, he is the best at keeping up with his friends. But I remember when it came to making tough decisions, he was a big list guy. Write the pluses and minuses down in front of you. Take a look at it and see if that doesn't help answer the question. I remember doing that when I was choosing where to go to college, choosing whether to stay for my senior year, or to, to uh, turn pro early and then choosing what NFL team to go play for after the Colts, you know, uh, sort of made their decision. So uh, I still do that today. I'm a planner. Uh, I am as good of a golf trip logistics organizer as there is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to play good golf, but the, I mean, we're going to eat uh, on time. Uh, we're going to tee off on time, those kind of things. So, um, just kind of his organization. Um, and he was a prep guy as well. You know, my dad was an incredible athlete, uh, but uh, uh, nobody was going to outwork him. And, you know, and to right. me, I kind of took uh, both of those things with him, except the fact uh, that I wasn't as good an athlete. My dad did not give me his speed, which I'm still mad about. He skipped the generation and gave it to his grandson. Well, he also needed it running on those Saints offensive lines. This is true. This I is grew true. up with those. Uh, so there have been 11 quarterbacks since you left Denver, 12 since you left the Colts. And my belief on that is this, that the great quarterbacks, almost all, not all, are not, they're not just quarterbacks, they're CEOs. So you're not replacing a player. You're replacing a player and a CEO. The great ones are. Uh, Elway, John had some of that. He, he, he was the CEO of the Broncos, and he was the player. You similarly. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, 23 quarterbacks. In fact, there's another one here where a receiver played quarterback, I think, for Denver briefly. We didn't count him. So 23 different quarterbacks. So I've gotten uh, shit through the years um, for saying this, but I, I've said before – it bothers me when I see a 19-year-old quarterback at the podium, hat on backwards, or they play to what I would call casually. They don't play with urgency. And I say this because in my life, almost all the great quarterbacks, they're not just quarterbacks. It's one of the reasons I, I liked Andrew Luck and I like Russell Wilson. Um, that's off-putting to some people, right? Like when I hear about Arch. I think to myself, oh, God, what a break. He's got all these CEOs, this lineage in his family. Was there ever a time when you played, because you were the adult in the room, did you ever have to check yourself and go, hey, I got to go have beers tonight. I I, I got to be one of the dudes tonight. I got to cut it up with the fellas. 
Absolutely. And look, I think you can do both. Um, I really do. And there's no doubt as a quarterback, they are paying you to do more than just play quarterback. They are paying you to stand up at that podium after a overtime loss where you threw an interception and to handle it and to, to say, uh, Hey, um, I'm going to be better next week. I mean, I mean, you are uh, very much the face of the franchise when you're, you know, out in the community doing community service. I mean, that, it, there is more than just the on the field stuff that comes with being a quarterback. And when you sign up, you sign up for all of it, right? Some guys just sign up for the, for the wins and the parades and the confetti, right? But, <laughs> Um, I believe you sign up for that six interception game you have against the Chargers uh, on a Sunday night game, right, or to lose a playoff game in in overtime. So, uh, But I still think for me as a quarterback, if you ever get too far away from the locker room, from having beers with the offensive linemen on Thursday night that you're buying, by the way, if you're not buying, that's a problem, right? I mean, you're you're buying their steaks, you're buying their beer. It is money well invested. Uh, If you ever get away from that, I think that could be an issue, right? So, you know, to me, the locker room, the camaraderie, uh, the friendships with your uh, teammates, and also, you know, in football, for an offensive player to stay close to the defense, I think is important, right? Uh, you know, locker rooms are set up different ways, right? Early on, they were always quarterbacks here in this section, offensive line in this section, defense on the other side. Now you see teams, everybody is all over the place, right? Because they want, the team to stay close together and the media can divide a team, right? You got the Colts defense and then there's the Colts special teams, Colts offense. Actually, it's all the same team. So um, I always believed in that. And uh, so I think you can do both, Kyle. I think having beers with the linemen is important, but I also think standing up there at a press conference and accepting responsibility and, and vowing to do better the next time is also important. The start of the NFL season's here. FanDuel's kicking off week one with a no-sweat bet for everybody. Doesn't matter if you're a new customer or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if you don't win. Just log in, see for yourself. Bet on your favorite team's money lines, point spread, total, whatevs. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Sign up. Promo code Colin. Promo code's always Colin to get started. Either way, celebrate the football season with a no-sweat bet week one. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So, <clears throat> you know, your name has come up. You're, for the audience, you have uh, Omaha Productions, which is uh, that you guys do a lot of B on B business on business stuff. Very successful. You've had, you know, I don't want to get into your private investments, but you've done really, really well. But in those investments, I do feel like, and I know, I know you've been in a liquor business. You're currently in it. I am in it, uh, and you're very committed to it. You'll call the, you'll call the bar owner. That's the game, right? You're a committed guy. And when your name comes up for front office jobs, I've said, yeah, he's got the commitment and um, and the intellect. That's not what I worry about. But it's being a GM's weird because you got often a crazy owner above you, and these guys are billionaires, and nobody tells them no. The second thing is you played in this league. Some of it's guessing. Like, oh. you can do all the tape shit. Some of it, Peyton, is guessing. And somebody asked me once, I said, I don't think Peyton wants to get into the guessing business. And everybody says, oh, I said, I could see him being an owner. I could even see the coach thing a little, although I didn't have the time. But I think a lot of people see you because of your intellect as a general manager. And for me, I've always thought, ah, there's a lot of moving parts you can't control there. How do you view it? Yeah, um, I don't see a GM in my future. Coach, I'm the offensive coordinator on my son Marshall's sixth grade football team. We got beaten overtime on Saturday, and uh, a couple of my players asked me why I ran the ball so much in the red zone. So I think coaching <laughs> in my future is also out because uh, hearing that from a couple of sixth graders was tough. Hearing that from a 32-year-old wide receiver and quarterback, hey, I haven't got the ball. What are you doing? Uh, I think that's out. Um, being a resource to to quarterbacks, to uh, to rookies, uh, to coaches, um, to general managers, I love doing that. And you know, in 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 the six years I've been retired, I felt like I've kind of been a uh, resource to a number of different people that have my number, either that I you know talk to about. Monday night football, the broadcast. I said, Hey, by the way, let me ask you something in the two minute drill. Did you call everything? Did y'all stay in the same formation? Seemed like y'all got a lot of plays in and I would just go, yeah, actually we did. We lined up in the same formation and that might be to Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers. And so yeah. I've enjoyed being that resource, uh, to lots of different people. And, uh, you know, if there was a team to be a resource for specifically, sure. Something like that. But a general manager, what you know, John Lynch has done at San Francisco and George Payton is doing here in Denver. Hey, I'm not qualified to do it. I really don't think that I am. Um, and it's just not something that, that's in my cards. You're right. I mean, it is a gift. It is a talent. You are uh, going all in on a draft choice and you're behind him. And all of a sudden, two years in, you realize, golly, this guy's just not the player that I thought he was, right? Everybody's going to say you made this huge mistake. So, um, 
yeah, um, I wouldn't be good at the guessing, and uh, um, I don't see that in my cards uh, by any means. If there's – I think you and Eli are – well, you're obviously very funny, and I think Eli's got such a unique personality, and he's – you're both comedic. Um, his is just a slow play, and you're going 100 miles an hour. If I said to you, what, what thing about Eli just tickles you? That you just, it's not in your genetic makeup, it, it's in his, and you're like, it's a damn gift, and it's just, it's something that you really like. Obviously, you love your brother, but there's something about him, a tick, a, a uniqueness that you, you're, you're really fond of. Eli doesn't miss much. You know, sometimes he won't comment on something at the time, but if, if I do something on a golf trip in a conversation, like uh, he's going to wait and he's going to, he's going to bring it up at a better time for him to expose me and make fun <laughs> of me. Right. You know, I'm more on the spot. I'm going to tell you, no, 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 no. I cannot believe you just said that. That is not true. I'm going to, I'm going to point out that you were wrong right away. Eli's going to wait. He's going to bide his time and he's going to bring this moment up in front of Ashley, my parents, some old teammates, which, you know, you tell the teammates and that goes viral, right? Jeff Saturday <laughs> is calling Dallas Clark immediately and go, hey, let me tell you what Eli told me that 18 did. Can you believe this? So it's it's tactical. And uh, um, as soon as as soon as I do something, I know it, it's coming out. It's, it's going to come back to haunt me because he just doesn't miss anything. And, and so I think that was kind of always his personality on the field, right? Patient, kind of calculated. Uh, you know, people got frustrated. He wasn't more emotional and reactive. It, it doesn't mean he didn't care about it and he wasn't paying attention. Uh, he just sort of picks and, uh, picks and chooses his moments. I, I want to ask you about uh, repetitions part of quarterback play, uh, the verbal repetition the film repetition um, accuracy comes pretty easy to you. Um, it, you know, Joe Burrow feels like it just, it comes easy. The ball comes yeah. out. Uh, Kyler Murray's got just a nice baseball rhythm to it. Um, I watched Trey Lance and aesthetically it's not pretty. Now, Phillip Rivers wasn't, and he was pretty accurate. Right. You know, there's, there's arguments about Josh Allen. So I, I watched, two Josh Allen college games because I heard about this kid from Wyoming. So I watched the Oregon game and the Iowa game. And I'm like, oh, boy, there's a this is a lot of work. This is a raw pony. Said Somebody needs – he needs a trainer. And all of a sudden you look up and it's like, okay. <sighs> Matt Stafford's been really successful. He's about a 61, 62% completion guy. So you don't have to be you. You don't have to be Kirk Cousins. But – do you kind of where do you land, Peyton, on coaching accuracy? Where do you land on that? Because Trey Lance worries me. Yeah, look, um, I mean, the better timing you have with your receivers, the more accurate you can be. Obviously, there's a better chance to consistently move the ball, right? Every time you receive a kickoff, I got an accurate quarterback, he knows where to go. He's been playing with these receivers for a couple of years. I think we can go 80 yards on every single possession, right? That's kind of how we felt when we played, right? We didn't care where we got the ball uh, on the kickoff. I mean, I used to get so mad at, you know, a, a block in the back on a kick return. I'm like, just get me 
to the 20. If you give me to the 20, we can score, right? But starting on the 10, because you clipped, that, that was always annoying to me. And, and, and that player never had to answer in a quarterback meeting room, right? Because he's probably like a safety that clipped that, you know, special teams meetings are separate. So anyway, I'm getting off subject. If you're not super accurate as a coordinator, you're going to have him, you're going to have to pick and choose your times when to take shots, when to try to have these explosive plays to shorten drives, right? It might be a, a you know, spread right throwback screen to Kittle that's going to get us 50 yards. And now we're in the red zone and now we can maybe get a touchdown. So, uh, but for Trey, it, I mean, to me, it's about the reps, right? Anytime you're in quarterback competitions, right, or not getting on the field, your accuracy, your decision-making, your play is always going to be challenged, right? The best way to learn is on the field, right? I, I, 28 interceptions as a rookie. We won three games. But what I learned in, in that rookie season, I mean, there's no way we're going 13-3 and three the next year if, if I don't play every game as a rookie. Eli says that the six games he started with the Giants compared to the 10 he sat behind Kurt Warner – no comparison at all, right? On the field. Get in there, see just how fast these linebackers are, see how much ground these safeties can cover. And you don't really get that in practice. You don't get that in the preseason. You get that in games, right? And division games are faster than non-division games. Playoff games are faster than regular season, right? So, you know, for trades, just get them in there and let them learn, and hopefully you can win at the same time, right? The 49ers are used to winning, right? They're not looking for a 3-13 and 13 season. Like, you know, first pick in the draft, there's a reason that team's picking first in the draft, Colin, because they stink, right? You know, and so right. uh, that, that was tough for me as a rookie, but I think the supporting cast around Trey, Samuel, Kittle, I think they can give him a chance of success. And I think Kyle Shanahan knows the position is to keep Trey in to – give him a chance to be successful. You know, being successful, it doesn't matter if it's Peyton Manning, LeBron, Drake, it doesn't really matter. You've had success, you have your wealth, you have your legacy. I think one of the great challenges is, are you still coachable? Are you still curious? Yeah. Everybody's curious as they're fighting like mad to belong. Everybody's coachable. Um, you got to a point where I think rhythmically, intellectually, you kind of changed it. Um, nobody ever talked about pre-snap stuff before Peyton Manning. They really didn't. My whole life, that just wasn't a discussion. You're going up with three audibles, different counts, and the great quarterbacks all sort of change it. I mean, to give Russell Wilson credit, we didn't even look at 5'11 quarterbacks like 10 years ago. I think he got some guys drafted. Um so as you were successful, as you had a Super Bowl, because um, I do think there's a very few, but there's a handful of guys, Aaron, Tom Russell, not that you were harder to coach. Was it harder to be coached when your way had proven to be all-time stuff? Did you ever look in the mirror and think, because I've thought about this, Peyton, I've thought, hey, man, don't get ahead of yourself. Listen, be curious, try new crap. Take me through that journey for you. Sure. No, um, being coachable to me is is the only way to go about it. Um, I love being coached. I used to get angry when I wasn't coached, when in a, in a, in a meeting watching the film, when you know I made a bad decision or my footwork was terrible. 
and my quarterback's coach didn't say anything. And I'm like, hey, wake up. Like, you know, speak up. That was, you know, that was the wrong footwork, right? I stepped, uh, as in the shotgun. My first step was with my left foot. It should be with my right foot, whatever it may be. So I used to love being coached. I was coaching myself hard. Don't get me wrong. I was, like, every film session that I ever went in, Colin, with the coaches, I'd already watched that film myself, right? I think that's a pretty good lesson for a quarterback. When you go into a meeting room with your offensive coordinator to watch the film of the game, you should have already seen that game yourself. You control the clicker. You're writing your notes down. So I was coaching myself hard, uh, but I wanted to be coached. I wanted to be corrected on my mistakes. I wanted to have someone stay on top of my mechanics, my fundamentals. At the same time, I wanted the coach to give me the freedom to to make a change if I saw something. I mean, Colin, there's this great debate. What's the best way to call plays? What's the best view? Is it in the press box? Is it on the sideline? Is it? Both of them are debatable, right? The press box is calming. There's not a lot of noise. You can probably make better decisions on the sidelines. You can look the players in the eyes on the sideline. You get to feel the game. Debatable. There is no debate that the best view is out there playing quarterback. You can see everything in real time. And if you see something and you know what it is to be able to change the play and get into a really good play or most often get out of a bad play. Right. Okay. We've been trying to run this play to the left. We finally call it. And all of a sudden their whole defense is shifted that way. Why are we going to waste the play on that particular down and distance? Why can't we just check it and run the other way? And then later, maybe come back to that play to the left. And so, you know, half the time, People used to say he's always trying to get him into the perfect play. Not true. Getting us out of bad plays because you only have about 60 in the game and five of them are going to be the difference whether you win or lose. So right. all of them matter and all of them count. So I wanted my coaches to understand that I was studying. I was going to work hard to earn that freedom to possibly change the play. But at the same time, on fundamentals and basic quarterback play, I wanted to be coached hard. So to me, there was kind of a mix there. This week's gold medal performance goes to a college football powerhouse that is back. USC kicked off the Lincoln-Riley era with a dominant win over Rice, similar to when Sean McVay took over the Rams. The Trojans looked competent and buttoned up. USC had efficiency, energy, quickness, no clock management issues, no self-inflicted mistakes. With Lincoln at the helm, USC is smart again, finally back again in good hands. This week's gold medal performance sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. The stock market's been plummeting. Many economists predicting it's just the beginning, which could mean tremendous losses in your portfolio. Historically, there's been one answer to this, gold. In the 2008 crash, when the market dipped, gold went up. Yep, Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when investing in gold and precious metals. They can advise you on whether gold is right for you. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-674-HERD, 866-674-HE. Or perhaps download their comprehensive gold guide. It's great at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to shift because I love college football. You love college football. And I went to the USC game this weekend. By the way, Caleb Williams, when you're live at the game, man, he is instinctive. Peyton, it's crazy. Like I really good. It's like 1920. I, I couldn't believe how instinctive he was. Um when I watch college coaches, uh, I, I always feel like 17 hours, 19-year-old kids. Just show me that you're not going to waste timeouts. Uh, show me you can manipulate personnel. Like my standard is lower. Um, when when you look at some of these college quarterbacks, what do you look at? Like with Caleb, I'm like, wow, instincts are good. Same delivery system, short, flat, deep, seam, all looks the same. It's like a pitcher. Change up fastball, curve, nothing looks different. The batter doesn't get any uh, hedges or, or uh, ticks. So when you look, because we have five quarterbacks this year, they're entering their second year, and we're already seeing some tells. Some guys young, some guys not accurate. What do you look for when you see a college quarterback? It, you know, it's funny because I get to see a lot of these these kids in person at our football camp. We have this football camp for high school kids. It's called the Manning Passing Academy, right. but it's turned into sort of a, a, a double pay it forward and that we're coaching the high school kids. But this past year, we had 40 starting college quarterbacks wow. that come and coach the high school kids, that they're counselors in the camp. But in between practices, when the high school kids are eating lunch or you know taking a nap uh, or taking a shower, Eli and I are out there throwing with these college quarterbacks or doing a chalk talk. We're not throwing anymore because, you know, no, no one wants to see five yard hitches uh, thrown all day by a 46 year old quarterback, but we're kind of running the drills and I'm doing the same drills that I used to do. So look, you can get fooled by how impressive a guy is in what I would call routes versus air, right? You're throwing routes. There's no defense. There's no pass rush. There's no corner. And, Guys can wow you and go, wow, this guy can really throw or he can really spin it, which is my least favorite term in all of football. He can spin it. I don't know what that means. Can he play? Can he lead? <laughs> can he move the chains? That's what I want to know, you know, spin it. Uh, so, you know, I mean, name somebody through the years. Matthew Stafford threw it as well as anybody we've ever had at the camp. Worked out for him. Andrew Luck, I remember – didn't throw it all that well. Now, because everybody knows who he is and they expect every throw to be a perfect spiral and right on target, you know, 
that probably works against Andrew because, you know, oh, he's not as good as I thought he was. Well, because you thought he was never going to throw an incompletion, right? Jamarcus Russell threw it as well as anybody we ever had. One time we were on the 20-yard line throwing out, and he almost ran the receiver into the goalpost. My dad's like, you got to back up, Peyton. I'm like, Dad, he just threw it, you know, 85 yards. I didn't know he was going to throw it that far. You know, 47 yards is my maximum, you know, deep pattern. So you can get fooled in that. Bryce Young was there this past year, right? Didn't wow you with his, you know, arm strength or accuracy. But what impressed me about him is that, I mean, he is calm. He is cool. He is in control. And that's what you see translate on the field, right? So I'm looking for leadership. I'm looking for presence. And on the field, I'm looking for decision-making, right? Do they make good decisions, right? That's what that's what really matters, right? You know, wowing somebody in a private workout at the combine or at your own, you know, campus where the weather is perfect and you got your favorite song playing in the background to get you hyped up, that doesn't do much for me, right? I want to see good decisions. I want to see how they lead a drive after they throw an interception, right? That's what's going to show me something, right? Do they put it behind them or do they, you know, I'll let it drag on and they throw another interception or make a bad decision. So uh, anyway, uh, so going back to that guessing game, you can get fooled by, you know, certain quarterbacks, but I think the guys that are leading the guys that have presence, uh, you know, the, the guys through the years that have been to that camp, you see that and you see that translating to success in the NFL. So NBC this Friday, eight o'clock, it's the capital one college bowl. A trivia contest, you and kids from all over the country. Friday, NBC, tell us what to expect. Well, I mean, we're excited to be back. I'm a big believer in bowls. Grew up going to all the Sugar Bowls. Um, I remember when I was being recruited, Lou Holtz told me, Peyton, if you want to play for national championships and play in the Orange Bowl every year, come to Notre Dame. If you want to play in the Pool Island Weed Eater Bowl, and maybe go somewhere like Ole Miss, right? So I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's recruiting right there in a nutshell. So College Bowl, uh, there were no opt-outs, which was impressive, which is rare for a bowl game now, right? Because it, uh, if it's not the national championship, not everybody's playing in the bowl game. We had 16 teams this year, Colin, competing. Um, um, uh, last year, didn't have as many teams. So it was more competitive. We had all different teams. We had rivals, right? We had Georgia versus Florida. We got Texas versus Oklahoma, um, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. So we got the rivals. We had fans there. We had a live audience. We had the band. We had mascots. Cooper is going into the live audience with an open mic, which, you know, the outtakes on those interviews, I I can promise you, is a tape you want to see. And so it felt like, it felt like a game, right? My job to ask the question co- correctly. I had an hour pronunciation meeting every morning. I didn't know what these words meant, but I, I wanted to know how to pronounce it because I wanted to give the kids the correct question. Half the time I pronounced it incorrectly. They still get the question right, which tells you how smart these kids are. So it was just better overall from an enthusiasm, a spirit, uh, the competitiveness, uh, Cooper and I had a lot of fun doing it. But the one thing that didn't change was the fact that these kids are all playing for scholarships. And that's the only reason I got involved in 
the Capital One College Bowl because some of these kids' lives are getting changed, right? The last place team gets $5,000 each toward their college education. The winning team gets over 120000 each toward their college education. That's paying off student debt. That's giving them a chance to go to grad school. That's letting their little brother have a chance to go to college. And so to witness that firsthand and hear some of these kids' stories and, and the adversity in their lives, uh, it was a special uh, season and uh, looking forward to getting it started this fall. You know, it's kind of a gift that you get along with your brother so well. And I think <laughs> you don't know any other way, right? But, you know, a lot of families don't. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, Divorced, remarried, family. I've seen a lot of different um, fissures in families over the course of my life. My sister and I now are very close. But at the point you are in your life, it's business, it's fun, it's laughs, it's the Manning cast, uh, the Capital One College Bowl. Is um, is this how you wanted it to be post-football? Like, like have some stuff fallen into your lap? Was this a plan? Is it, is it working the way you wanted to? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, on your first note, uh, I just, just give a little shout out to my parents. I remember them telling us often as kids, if you ever really want to disappoint us, just don't get along with each other as brothers. That'd be one way to really disappoint us. So we always kind of remember that. Not saying we didn't fight, argue, all those right. things. We always had each other's backs. And I think that was just kind of a lesson my, my parents preached to us. Uh, which is a good, which is a good philosophy. You know, you know the best advice I got uh, was from Tony Dungy the year uh, that I retired. As he said, Peyton, don't make any rash decisions. Don't go sign up to do this right away. Right, uh, take a coaching job. Right, get involved in an organization. Uh, go into broadcasting. Just take a year. And just sort of let everything calm down, right? You know, enjoy your first fall of not having to stay up till midnight watching film and grind. Right. Uh, I did a little health check uh, around uh, November of 2016, my first fall off, and the doctor said, "Wow, your your stress level's a lot lower." I was like, think? <laughs> you know, uh, sure. "I'm not playing. I'm not dealing with the Patriots' third down package this week. I'm." Uh, <laughs> playing golf at noon with my, my friend Eric. Uh, so, uh, and, and, the, and the last thing Tony said was, I think you'll learn in that year, maybe not exactly what you want to do, but what you don't want to do. And, and that really helped a lot. And I just kind of decided after that year that um, I did not want to go into coaching. I didn't think I'd be a very good coach, right? I was good at calling plays when I was playing quarterback. I'm not very good when other people are playing quarterback, hence my sixth grade, you know, offensive coordinator uh, uh, job so far. Uh, every time, you know, uh, Jim Sorge or, or Brock Osweiler went in, sometimes they let me call plays in the preseason and I sucked at it, right? Three and out <laughs> every single time. So I learned I didn't want to do that. And then I learned, you know, on the broadcasting that um, the commitment to, to be gone every weekend, that, that there are no home games, when it comes to broadcasting, doing it the right way, like Tony Romo does it, Chris Collinsworth, the late John Madden started it, right? Go watch practice, go interview the teams, right? Be there hands-on. It's the only way to do it well. It's a, it's a four-day commitment. Um, I wanted my fall weekends uh, to be to be free uh, because for 20-something years they weren't. And so 
uh, I kind of learned what I did not want to do. And I've just kind of found different things along the way that kind of popped up because I didn't jump into something right away. And you know, now I get to do you know two shows with, with each of my brothers, right? Eli and I get to watch pro football from our houses. Uh, I do it from my neighbor Scott's garage. Eli does it in his back house. And we get to watch it and, you know, laugh and make fun of each other. And we have Snoop Dogg watch it with us. I mean, are you kidding me? There's no way I would have thought I could do something like that. Cooper and I spent a week together in Atlanta with these college students, watching them compete, watching them show off how smart they were. We went to dinner every night after each show. And uh, so sometimes by being patient and waiting, some good opportunities can come your way. When you deal with young people, I did. I tell, I tell my kids this all the time. You're so much smarter than I was. I didn't have Google. It's incredible. Like, I, I, I I'm like an idiot. Like, I, my son at 16. I'm like, you. He asked questions about life. I'm like, I didn't even think about that stuff till I was like 36. When you're doing this Capital One College Bowl, and whenever I hear people complain about young people, I'm like, time out. Young people are ambitious, willful, smart, empathetic. I'm kind of blown away by young people. I mean, Cooper and I were so impressed uh, with, with all of them. I mean, all 16 teams, there's three, there's three students on each team. Uh, just how fast they were getting some of these questions. I hadn't even finished the question yet, which to me, like the last three words were kind of what, made the question unique and you know some student from BYU or Washington knows it right away and and so anyway yeah I was impressed uh they're competitive uh the kids on college bowl this year were not only smart but they were engaging they were entertaining man they high five each other when um somebody else gets the question right but they also like applaud the other team for getting right like the sportsmanship uh, was very uh, uh very much on display as well they all love their schools, which to me is important, right? Kids shouldn't use college as a stepping stone just to get to the next step. Hey, I'm going to go here and just get out. I mean, enjoy your four years there in college. Nobody had more fun in his college time than my brother Cooper. I can promise you that. He didn't get to play football. He got injured, but he, he became a social legend at Ole Miss, without a doubt. The four years I had at Tennessee, uh, the best four years I had, you know, Eli, you know, had to red shirt because, you know, uh, uh, you know, freshman year, another senior was playing. He is so glad he had five years there at Ole Miss. And so that's my message to all young people. Enjoy every single bit of the college experience. Yeah, I just read Phil Mickelson's book by Alan Shipnuck, and he stayed at Arizona State. He could have gone pro. And Phil was like, I'm not going to leave Arizona State. It's the greatest time. <laughs> Why would you leave I, Arizona State? What's the hurt? What's the hurry? Yeah, so I I went to a, I went to Eastern Washington University, so we didn't have this wild social life. But I I tell my kids this all the time: you will never rely on people you've never met before more. You'll drink too much. You'll get a parking. T I got sideswiped. I got t-boned in an intersection next to a frat, and people came pouring out of the house. I'm like, you feel? <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, we all have bad judgment at 19. I did. I still do sometimes. So to that. Um, it's been great. You're busy. The Capital One College Bowl. When do you do it and when does it air and how do I watch it and consume it? It starts this Friday. It's on NBC. It's going to be on every Friday night. 
uh, this fall. It's a uh, competition, 16 teams, picture March Madness. Uh, there's elimination games. There's a little bit of a wild card round. If a certain team gets beat in the first round, maybe they have a chance to still get in it uh, to advance to the next level of eight teams. But it's going down to the wire. And on that last uh, Friday night, uh, there is, there's two teams left, winner take all. It's, it's an exciting time. I'm just telling you, I'm watching it as we're kind of cutting out the you knows and the uhs and the, uh, all the stutters that I had. And I'm getting excited, even though I know what's going to happen. So uh, uh, if, you love, if you love college, if, if you love, you know, uh, competition, if you love passion and spirit and uh, pageantry, college bowls for you and uh it's uh academically it's uh it's extremely challenging and fun to keep up with as well all right you're a busy guy you didn't need to do this uh i appreciate it and uh you're you've always been really good with your time for us so and me so i appreciate it colin i appreciate you having me on uh two things uh is is, is the reason cooper cup went to eastern washington because of you and your experience there was that he was a no-star recruit from yakima I am not the reason. In fact, it's only recently that I've been mentioned as a notable person who went there. I think Got it. the first 25 years of my career, I didn't even make Eastern's notable people. Got it. <laughs> so now Got I'm it. notable. It's a big deal for me. Got it. And on a second note, I, I forgot to ask, I forgot to add Troy Aikman into that broadcasters that are doing it the right way. Troy over at ESPN now, you know, Doing it, doing it the uh, the real way. Eli and I will be making fools out of ourselves uh, over on ESPN too. But uh, uh, Troy does it the right way. Good seeing you, man. Thank you, Kyle. The volume. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.